In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Jesus, in our passage today, says, Let not your hearts be troubled. I mean, is that, is that a little like telling water not to be wet? I mean, thanks, Jesus. I mean, maybe when the waters of life are not quite so choppy as they are now. I mean, I don't even know if I can go outside of my house right now. I mean, you might be thinking, uh, you know, I'm furloughed and I've got the kids uh, are, and they're cranky and my mortgage company is being difficult. Or you might think, you know, I, I'm alone in my assisted living facility and, and I haven't been able to see my friends and my family in, in weeks. Or you might be thinking, you know, I can't stop watching the news and it's just one horror story after one doomsday prophecy after another, after another, after another. Don't let your heart be troubled. Jesus. The Greek word for troubled there uh, means agitated, shaken up, stirred, uh, causing, uh, being caused inward commotion. And the, uh, the thing that I thought about for that was a snow globe. Now, I have to tell you, I do not know why anyone would make a snow globe for San Antonio. And I do not know where we got it. I've never been to San Antonio, but it's the one I could find. So you, you, you may feel like this, right? You just, you know, things ought to be all kind of nice inside, but shaken up, agitated, everything's stirring around, bubbles everywhere. You ever, do you, does your heart ever feel like that? Does your heart ever feel like that? I mean, maybe it's the pandemic, or you've got stress in your family, or it's grief, and we have a lot of grief in some corners of our church right now, or stress in your job, or with the stock market, or murder hornets. I mean, who is directing the movie that we're caught in right now? Don't let your hearts be troubled. And what's interesting about this is that Jesus is saying this to his disciples the night before he dies. I mean, he was like moments away from his arrest uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, hours away from the torture that awaited him, the, the uh, beatings, the whippings of the Roman guards. Uh, the, uh, surely he anticipated the agony of having the sin of the world poured on him while he was on the cross, such that the God the Father would turn his face away from God the Son. And Jesus was anticipating extreme physical and cosmic agony, and yet rather than his disciples comforting him, coming around him in his time of need, it is Jesus who is doing the comforting. Probably no surprise there. And he's not saying, guys, everything's going to work out okay. He's not saying, oh, turn a blind eye to what's coming, or uh, don't think about the bad things. Put your head in the sand. He's not saying that. He's saying, be courageous. Be courageous. Face the storm. That's what he's saying. Now, how can he say that to his disciples? And how can he say that to us? Let not your hearts be troubled. Is because of what he says next. 
So we'll have two quick points and then one, uh, a third sort of fuller point. First, Jesus says that we can have courage, we can calm our hearts because he is going to prepare a place for us. He's going, that's, that's what's happening. That's why he's leaving. That's why he's going to die. He's going to prepare a place for us. He knows what's coming. He knows he's going to die. But he also knows that that is not the end. Not even close. His death will be a portal to his next purpose. He is going to his father's house to get everything ready for us. He's going to the father's house. That's heaven. Death is not the end, it's just the beginning. And there is room for everyone. He says there are many rooms, many dwelling places. Jesus' earthly death is just the step out of chapter 1 and into the rest of the story. And the same is true for us because He is preparing a place for us. Now the second reason we can have calm hearts, we can let not our hearts be troubled, is because He's coming back for us. He's coming back for us to take us to the Father's house Himself. Now, is He referring to His second coming at the end of the age? Is He referring to our own death? I think probably the answer to both of those is yes. What I find most reassuring about this is that Jesus is not forgetting His followers after His death. Even as he goes to heaven, he's preparing a place for us, which means he's holding each of us in his heart. He's coming back for you personally. I mean, is your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? If the answer is yes, Jesus is coming back for you. And he's coming back. He's got you in his heart. And he's coming back to take us to the place that he has prepared for us. That's what's on the horizon. No matter what happens between here and there, no matter what storms we must face, we can steady the snow globe in our hearts because heaven is on the horizon. Some of you may know the name uh, Admiral Jim Stockdale. Admiral Stockdale was uh, the highest ranking American military officer at the Hanoi Hilton in the Vietnam War. He was there for over eight years. And uh, with no end in sight, he was constantly working to improve the conditions for his fellow captives. Uh, He just did remarkable, heroic acts. Things like he would uh, throw his face, beat his face against a stool so that he could not be used in propaganda videos uh, by his captors. Uh, He developed this Morse code-like system of communication so that those in isolation uh, would not feel alone. And uh, just, he endured dozens of episodes of torture. And the author, Jim Collins, asked him how he survived intact. And this is what he said. He said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never lost faith in the end of the story. He said, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. 
He said the optimists never survived, right? The ones that said, we're going to be out by Christmas because Christmas would come and go and they would die of a broken heart, he said. He never put a timeline, but he was fueled to face the brutal facts of his current reality because he never lost faith in the end of the story. He knew that he was going to be one day reunited with his family. How can Jesus tell us, do not let your hearts be troubled? It is because heaven is on the horizon. Now listen, I hope all your days are bliss and ease. But if you find yourself in a tough season, and you will, and maybe you do right now, you can face the brutal facts of each day because Jesus is going to the Father's house to prepare a place for you, and He's coming back to take you there Himself. Heaven is on the horizon. And the last point, I think, is even more wonderful than that. See, good old Thomas, doubting Thomas, I need to touch it, I need it in black and white, don't give me metaphors, Thomas. He says, okay, great, Jesus. But we don't even know where you're talking about, right? How can we know the way? And Jesus says, famously, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through me. Which is to say, no one makes it to heaven on the horizon except through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the road upon which we walk. Jesus is the map that we follow, and Jesus is the destination that we are seeking to attain. He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. Jesus is going to prepare a place for us, but He is also with us here as we face the storms in our life. We are qualified by His life. We are saved by His death. We are offered life by His resurrection. And it's because of His resurrection. And it is because of His resurrection that we know that He is here with us. Jesus is the way. And yes, His is the life that we are to imitate. But His and His alone is the life that is given so that we may have a relationship with the Father. Now listen, God is far more gracious than I am. But surely anyone, anywhere, if they are to make it to heaven on the horizon, regardless of where they are, nothing to say about where people are in this life, but if we are to make it anywhere, uh, anyone is to make it to heaven on the horizon, it will be because Jesus died for their sins. God so loved the whole world that He sent His only Son. Jesus is the way to the Father. He's the way. Jesus is the truth. And yes, His teachings are true, and divinely so, of course. But more than that, Jesus Himself, as one scholar has said, is God's gracious self-disclosure. Jesus is God's gracious self-disclosure. Jesus is the incarnation, the embodiment, the human expression 
of the holy, righteous, loving, and just heavenly Father. Jesus is also the agent by which God created all that is. Everything that is true, therefore, is true because God the Father, through God the Son, put it in place. Whether we're talking about scientific truth, or emotional truth, or historic truth, or any other kind of truth we may be talking about, it's true if it's true because Jesus is the truth. And because, this is very important, because Jesus is the truth, we can, always with love and humility, speak the truth. We speak the truth against ungodly things. Things especially like injustice, hatred, and oppression. And whether we're talking about things like human trafficking or the tragedy uh, like the murder of uh, Maud Arbery, always can speak the truth, but we don't fight fire with fire. We don't fight hatred with hatred. We bring Jesus' love into that moment because Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. And yes, you will have a better life if you follow and obey His teachings, but Jesus is the life because He dwells in you by the Holy Spirit. I mean, why do you believe a word I'm saying if you do? It's because Jesus is in you by the Holy Spirit. It's not because what I'm saying is logical, although I certainly hope it is. It's because Jesus is in you. He's giving you the faith to believe. Why can you face the storms while looking at the horizon? Because Jesus is the life in you, granting you faith, granting you perseverance, granting you love, joy, peace, patience, and on and on with the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus is the life in this life and the next. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The medieval mystic monk Thomas Akempis uh, wrote this beautiful meditation. This will be the last, just about the last thing. This is what Thomas Akempis wrote. He said, Follow thou me. I am the way and the truth and the life. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. I am the way which thou must follow, the truth which thou must believe, the life for which thou must hope. I am the inviolable way, the infallible truth, the never-ending life. I am the straightest way, the sovereign truth, life true, Life blessed, life uncreated. Friends, we can truly hear and embrace Jesus' words. Let not your hearts be troubled. And this is not namby-pamby sentimentalism, nor is it pie-in-the-sky optimism. This is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Realism. Because heaven is on the horizon. Jesus is preparing a place for you. And he's coming back to take you there himself because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So in this pandemic, or in your job stress, or in your grief, 
because Mother's Day isn't what you thought it should be, or murder hornets, whatever it is, is shaking your snow globe today. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And He is with you. Amen.